Wake up, world. You're now tuned into the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I'm your host, Devon Pouncey. Back in the lab with D-Boy today. What's going on, D-Boy? What's good? What's good? We back in this thing, man. Where we at? Oh, man, you know, we're here in uh, the Pearl District. Ooh, We're in the Pearl District down here in Portland. Uh, the new and improved, also improving Wake Up and Win headquarters. Uh, we got us a new spot over here in the Pro District, and you guys are getting ready to see a lot of stuff here in the near future as far as the podcast is concerned. Um, we'll get a lot more consistent with the audio. Um, you'll start to see a lot more visuals. We got a real project that we're working on over here at the Wake Up and Win headquarters. So we got a lot in, to- in store for y'all. So y'all be ready. Let's get it. Y'all be ready. So we're going to jump straight into it because uh, we had a crazy, crazy, crazy week this week. Um, obviously, I'm an NBA guy, a basketball guy myself, D-Boy. I was in the NBA. So <laughs> shit, you know I mean? oh, yeah, so that part. But it was a lot of big moves that happened in the NBA this week. You obviously had LeBron James deciding to go to L.A. Um, you had DeMarcus Cousins deciding to go to Golden State. You had Paul George who decided to stay in Oklahoma City. You had Chris Paul who decided to sign a max deal with Houston, and you had many others, but those four were obviously your big four up to this point in free agency. Um, We still got a ways to go before things settle down. But first off, D-Boy, I want to get into who I thought made the most impressive decision. You tell me first. When it comes to free agency. I got to say it was Paul George. Ooh, because his pockets? I got to say, no, it has nothing to do with his pockets. Um, there's some players that you get to a point where your pockets really don't matter anymore. Jeez. As far as as far as the NBA is concerned or your NBA contract the is concerned. The most money he was gonna get was there though, right? Um possibly. Okay. He he had already gotten traded. The most money that he ultimately would have been able to get is had he not demanded a trade last year and stayed in Indiana, he probably would have been eligible for a Supermax. Right. That didn't happen. He was still able to sign a max deal with Oklahoma City. He still could have signed a max deal elsewhere and made probably nearly the same amount of money. So I don't think he was in a situation like, per se, somebody like a Kawhi Leonard is who wants to be traded, no longer wants to be with the Spurs, but because he's been there so long, he actually can sign a super max extension and make over $200 million there, but he's trying to opt out of that and be traded. He wants to get out of that situation. But the reason why I think Paul George's decision was the best of all the decisions made, and we had some real big decisions made, was because Paul George... A lot of people speculated that he was going to go to L.A., myself included. He's an L.A. guy. Um, he mentioned L.A. last season when he got traded from Indiana. He told them pretty much, next year when I'll become a free agent, I'm looking to go play in L.A. It's right. where I grew up. It's the Lakers. It makes it's sense. showtime. It makes perfect sense. We obviously know the prestige of that market. But for him to decide to go to OKC was a big deal because – the direction that the game is going in, a lot of people put emphasis on these major markets. And do I think that they're more beneficial than smaller markets in some ways? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. But you also got to be able to put personality into this. And I think Paul George is a guy, even though he's playing with another star in Russell Westbrook, in Indiana, 
he was the number one guy there. Now, you got to share the rock with Russell Westbrook, sure. But I think Paul George is talented enough where he and Russell Westbrook can more so be eye to eye. Is he the number two guy there? He's the, he's the number two guy there for sure. And the reason okay. why I say he's the number two guy is because Russell Westbrook has been there his entire career. I agree. Career. I just wanted to see when you so, said that eye to eye. So, but what I'm saying by eye to eye is I think he has the freedom and he has the ability to take over as the number one guy there. On be, any given night. On it, not even on any work. given night. I think ultimately he could build up to doing something I still say Steph Curry's the number one guy on the Warriors, but there's a lot of speculation that Kevin Durant was able to come play with Steph Curry, and now Kevin Durant's the number one guy. But I think Steph's the number one guy. I still, I'm a Steph guy. We can dig into that later. But what I'm saying is, I think Paul George could do something similar with Oklahoma City. He wouldn't have been able to do that had he and LeBron teamed up together and went to L.A. So that's the first thing. The second thing, The shift of powers changed in the NBA. The Western Conference was already the dominant conference. We all know that a lot of the talent in the NBA was in the West. Right. Now you got LeBron who decides to leave and come to the West. So now that you have this balance of power where LeBron comes to the West, I'm Paul George. I could stay on a team where we at least have the potential to contend rather than go play for an L.A. team not only be secondary to LeBron, like a guy named Kyrie Irving once was, and we saw how How unhappy he was with that, I can compete against LeBron, and I've never beaten LeBron in the many times that we faced each other in the playoffs with the Pacers. I got a chance to actually beat LeBron in the Western Conference Playing on this Oklahoma City Who Thunder cares? team. Why? Why is the point to beat LeBron? Like, what's the focal point? Of, why does that make his decision smart? Well, to beat LeBron. To, well, for one, to beat LeBron is a big deal. LeBron's <laughs> been in nine straight NBA Finals. The only teams to beat him ended up being NBA champions. Now, LeBron also. Why is it a big deal that he went to LA? Why is LeBron a big deal? It's LeBron. But we I don't consider think, to, I don't think that's in his decision to stay in OKC is to beat LeBron. No, like, I think that's part of his decision. I think it's to beat the, whoever they're at. The, the, ultimately, the it's the Warriors. The Warriors are the number one team there. But what I'm saying is there's a little bit more of a direct correlation between him and LeBron because he was in the East against LeBron and he played against LeBron so many times and he ended up losing to him. So what I'm saying is when it comes to a balance of power, if I'm Paul George, I'd rather be in a position where I can actually beat LeBron LeBron and have a little bit more control over my team than to go play with LeBron and possibly still lose and know that the narrative of our team is going to be based around LeBron James and not myself. I respect the opinion. I don't know how, you know, like I said, I think it's still, I don't think his decision was made on staying anywhere based around anything that have to do with beating LeBron, but I, I get you. I think that's a part of it. What I'm saying is not only just beating LeBron, but not having to play second fiddle to LeBron. Yeah. Both of those things matter, and I'm all talking all in speculation of a lot of people expected him to go to L.A. based on comments that were made last season before he was in OKC. I thought he was going. I, I thought he was going, too, which is why I'm ultimately saying I think it was a boss move. I think it was a chess move in more ways than one. Because he does have the opportunity to be 
a number one option or at least be eye to eye with the number one option on that Oklahoma City Thunder team. He still has the potential to contend because he's still playing with the star, the caliber of Russell Westbrook. Do they have some things to figure out? For sure. Is Russell Westbrook is not an easy guy to play with. So they got some things to figure out. But I feel like kind of the selfishness in Paul George I liked it, and I think that it was very necessary, and it helps with the balance of power not only in the NBA, but it ultimately helps him as an individual to be able to thrust himself into a higher place, even in a small market like Oklahoma well, City, than he may have going to L.A. Well, and guess why you're wrong anyway about all that? Because LeBron made the best uh, move over there. Yes, I, he did. I'm a Laker fan. Besides being a Laker fan, his son going to school in L.A., right, starting in ninth grade? Yeah, well, yeah, I think he's going into the A's, so, yeah, so pretty soon. Brian yeah. signed a four-year so, deal. So, basically, he was sitting on the podium as a Cleveland Cavalier and said, my family, the people that's close to me, are heavy factors in my decision. So, once where the son was going to school, like, especially with, I feel like, like, Lil' Brown is at the peak of getting his exposure right now Young being in basketball, Young right? Brownie. So, I feel player. like I feel like because of that, once they announced that he was going to high school or school in L.A., I knew it was a wrap. I think it's smart for setting up for post-career. I think it's smart for right now and what's going on in L.A. and the ability to make that sudden impact. And, of course, money really don't matter for him. Between Nike and the checks he already sure. sitting on, like, I ain't even going to talk about the contract. I just think that that was the best move all well, the way around. I, well, I mean, I agree. I mean, we know the reasons why LeBron decided to go to L.A., being who he is, being that he's already in the movie industry, being that forget what he's planning on doing post-career, the stuff that he's doing now uninterrupted. That's his media company that's headquartered in L.A. There's many perks for LeBron I mean, going to L.A. You can't forget. Four years ain't that long. You can't forget about post-career, too. So No, yeah, post-career yeah, matters, sure. but what I'm saying is, right like now, now too. a lot of his life is already in for L.A. Sure. So, yeah. the reason why I'm not so much impressed by LeBron making that decision, because I truly believe there was absolutely no pressure in him having to make that decision. The reason why I think it's no pressure is because... Why does pressure make the decision better because, or not. Because pressure makes the decision better because now I kind of can see and know why you're deciding to stay in OKC. LeBron was a given. I'm not impressed by an easy decision. I'm impressed by Paul George because his decision was harder to make being that he could have went to a market like LA. So he you get credibility off there. of whose decision is the hardest now? That's Yeah, because I'm talking about why it's impressive. I'm not talking about what the decision is, I'm talking about why I'm impressed by why he made the decision. I thought you said who made the best move. No, I said whose decision was I am most impressed by. It's a difference in who made the it, best move yeah, and yeah, what decision was sure. most impressive. I'm yeah. most impressed by Paul George's decision for the many reasons. I think LeBron's decision was a given. It the, was the, time to leave Cleveland. He uh, won the championship in Cleveland. He brought Cleveland the championship. That yeah, he but I didn't know he was going his there, whole, though. Lakers. To the Lakers? Eh, where else was he going to go? Somewhere. His whole, like he's, he got a mansion in L.A. He's, like I said, all of his businesses and all of his companies are based out of L.A. Where else was he going to go besides the Lakers? Yeah, there's plenty of places he could I was win. impressed with Paul George because I think it L.A. ain't the only big market is and, what and, I'm saying. And, and, but what I'm saying is the reason why I'm impressed with Paul George was because he decided to go to the small market. 
rather than the easy sell of LA. We all know that LA is 10 times better than a market like Oklahoma City. Just by a long shot, LA, Oklahoma City, nine times out of 10, anybody's gonna say, oh, I'd rather go to LA. Whether it be a vacation, whether it be to live, whether it be anything. So I was impressed by Paul George's decision because I thought the influence of LA and the influence of LeBron going to LA, which I think we all kind of knew was going to happen anyway, was going to suck Paul George into that situation. And that wasn't really the situation that he would have wanted to be in. I think he's much happier staying in OKC and there's a lot more perks for him staying in OKC individually then maybe the mass may think if you decide to just solely compare market to market. Well, to shift gears a little bit, I'm most unimpressed with DeMarcus Cousins. You're not my cousin no more. <laughs> I'm not happy with the move. I'm not happy with that at all. The Warriors, you look like, man, a dream team of 92, and I'm not happy. I'm not impressed, and I wish you would have went to the Lakers. I'll be honest with you. Mic drop. I wholeheartedly disagree. If I had to be impressed with somebody after Paul George, it would have to be DeMarcus Cousins. I think it was the smartest thing he could have ever did for multiple reasons. For one, Boogie became a legitimate superstar over these last couple of years. Smart for him. I'm unimpressed with the situation as a whole. Well, first off, I hardly don't even think Boogie's going to touch the floor (laughs) next season anyway, which is why I think it was smart for him to go to the Warriors to keep his name relevant. We're going to be talking about DeMarcus Cousins because we're going to be talking about the Warriors and how good they are. Boogie was here there. Exactly. Uh. And in the case of Boogie, He's got a torn Achilles. That's not a regular ankle sprain. That's not I mean, a regular from sources, injury. though, it's saying that he coming back, like, be- like he's recovering better than a- – No, I'm hearing that his team is saying that. Like, not his yeah. basketball team, his medical staff is saying, like, he's recovering from this better than damn near anybody they see. Listen, that I could partially believe. Everybody in With how days, big he is, I couldn't believe that. Like, I, I, I didn't the see reason it. why I could partially believe that is just the advancements of the medical technology, industry as a whole. Technology. What he's, what he's These dudes are going overseas, getting all kind of treatment that is flying over our head just because we haven't had the, the benefits money. to be able to get the treatment that mm-hmm. they can get. So that part actually is kind of easy for me to believe. But it doesn't necessarily take away from the seriousness of the injury. No, and not a at torn all. Achilles, I'm not rushing that if I'm DeMarcus Cousins for one. And for two, since I'm probably going to be out for another full season, since there's a chance that I'm going to be out for another full season, why not put my name in the hat over here in Golden State where I'm going to at least be relevant and at least be talked about still. So you think he so damn near might not even play the whole time with the Warriors play. and then go somewhere else. And then he might end up <laughs> going somewhere else. But the best way to keep his name relevant is by being on that Golden State Warrior roster and having us saying, what if? Because we're already talking about this Warrior team being the greatest team we've ever seen. So now you incorporate the fact that DeMarcus Cousins is sitting over there on injured reserve right now. What if they had DeMarcus Cousins on the floor? You got five legitimate all-stars on your team. He's the best center. I watched him play a couple times this year here in Portland. Bar none, MB, nobody can hold a stick to him when he's healthy. Before that Achilles injury, he was bar none the best center in the NBA. But 
You got to be able to stay relevant in this day and age. And I think basketball, a part of what's making basketball the greatest sport out right now is that these players are figuring out ways to keep themselves relevant through the game, but that having an effect outside of the game. That matters today. Brand empowerment matters so much. Being what they call a polysemic athlete, an athlete who has brand power in multiple avenues, that matters now more today than I think it ever has before. And it's Shit, always that been that matters everything right now more than anything yeah. before because of what? Social media. Exactly. So yeah. what I'm saying is with Boogie, smart move. You went to the Warriors. You're going to be talked about. You might end up even getting a ring for free. You might not even have to play to end up getting a ring, but you still have a career to look forward to. So why not keep your name in the hat? One of these teams are going to come back and, and be a superstar ever. Possible. What do you think? I don't want to hear possible. What you think? I think he does. I, okay. I, I think, think so he does. Too. I think he does. I was so impressed with him this year, watching him play this yeah, year. I think, I think, yeah, I think he, he does. He's it. that good of a player. And one thing that is in his favor, Boogie was never the most athletic player yeah, anyway. Big, slow, big, handle slow, it by himself anyway. Just he was pure skill. Sick. I don't think he's going to lose that skill anytime soon. So, you know, even though he might not have as much explosion, he didn't have much explosion in the first place. So I do think he's going to come back and be a superstar. And I think it's huge for him to stay relevant. The resurgence, boogie, all that, zero doubt, all of this different stuff that he's branding right now. Him in New Orleans, we're just going to talk about Anthony Davis the whole time. Why? Because Anthony Davis is going to be a beast. The team's not going to be that good for us to want to talk about the New Orleans Pelicans and be as a whole. And, and going to be playing. Exactly. You go to the Warriors, we're now going to talk about what if, and then once he gets on the floor, all eyes are on this starting five. That's the greatest starting five we've ever seen. If you include him, quite frankly, even if you don't include him, Already, I still think yeah. it's the greatest starting five we've ever seen. Hey, so so since we're in Portland, what you think about that Nurk move? I, I, I'm going to ask you first because, yeah. I'm impressed. I'm impressed from by who Portland. Stand, like, from Portland's standpoint, I think that was a very smart move. Ooh, 23? Is that the factor? 23? I think it was a great move young. because he's so young. He is a skilled player, and while, yes, he's not a stretch five, while, yes, he's not a player, he's not one of those guys that you're going to put out there and do Anthony Davis-like things where he can cover ground from pretty much half court to the rim. No. He's not that kind of guy, but the kind of guy he's that he is. He's a skilled big man, though. He's a skilled big he good. man. He good. Defensively, I don't think he gets as much credit as he deserves because of partially just because of his size. He takes up a lot of space down there defensively. And quite frankly, Portland couldn't do anything else. You had to pay Yusuf Nurkic. Dame's already, in my opinion, frustrated at a lot of things that are going on. So you seen that coming? You seen him stand coming? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't think they had the money. Well, I mean the money. Quite frankly, if I'm being honest with you, they don't. I think that he could have got a bigger deal elsewhere. That's my point. I think he could have got, I think he's actually 48, 48, which isn't bad because Myers got 40 and he got super overpaid, but 
48 isn't and bad. might be good at best. Like, he, he'll never be great, I think, but he'll be a good big man. Nurk could be a good big man, but what I'm saying is, even if you compare Nurk to other guys on his team that are getting paid either more than him Sick or no, in the same area but as we are, him, I don't even I want think to that, talk yeah, about and, that. And, and we're not going to get into that, but what I'm saying <laughs> is, I'm impressed by the Blazers for keeping him because quite frankly for I thought he was way. gonna for they a found way. a way. Find I a thought way. he was gonna go elsewhere. That's what paid. I was getting at. You thought I, he was gonna go I somewhere. I thought he was gonna go somewhere else and get That's paid more just, money. Yeah, okay. But ultimately I'm impressed with the Blazers. I think it was the best thing they could have did. They might have had to sacrifice. So Ed now Davis you think he'll be bit. there like long you think they're gonna try to that's who they're going with. Like that's well, the big man. Well I mean in this day and age I don't really like to commit anybody to any particular organizations just because the the way the, the business works, the way the business is working, it's becoming more of a player's business, which I like. I think it's great for the game. I think it's great for society. I think it's great for I don't like everything. It. Too much I moving love it. around. I want to see it I, like the good old days. You playing here, you there, you a franchise player, you been there, you staying there. All this dibbling, dabbling, trading and fading and trying I love to do it. that to make a super team. I don't like I, it. I love it because I don't quite like frankly, it. it don't quite, feel genuine. Because quite frankly, I don't think it's all about making super teams anymore. It don't feel genuine. I don't bro. think it's all about making to for you to say you're impressed by LeBron James going to LA for the multiple that reasons. Ain't for a super Super he went team. to LA. My point exactly. I don't think it's for super teams anymore. But in his I'm case, it wasn't about that. That's LeBron James. But what I'm James. saying is, I'm impressed by a lot of the moves that a lot of these guys are making because they're making these moves for themselves. I don't think this is a super team situation anymore. Kevin Durant going to the Golden State Warriors, I think, had a lot more to do Bro, with Kevin listen. Durant than it had to do with the Warriors being a quote-unquote super team. What I'm saying team. is, you can't you can't make a suit. It's not enough. It's no ways you can make a super team to compete with the Warriors pretty much at this point. But in the previous year, in two, in three years, we have seen super teams try to be created. That's what I'm referring to. That all collectively leading up to now where it just seemed like everything is discombobulated and nobody is where they started or where I thought they was going to finish at. I don't like that. I love it. I think it's super why? good for them. The reason why I love it is because we're now seeing guys trying to maximize their situations just in a way that's different from the way guys maximize their situations back in the day. I'd rather see a Kyrie Irving make a selfish decision and say, you know what? I demand a trade. I don't want to be here with LeBron James because I, I want to like maximize that, like, my greatness. Can't, you guys can't elsewhere. get along. We're going to like find a way. Figure it out. You're in the NBA getting paid millions of dollars to play basketball. And let's find be a honest. way to play with this man next to you. And Period. let's be honest. You're and, playing. And, and I disagree with that, too. And here's why. I think these guys get along today better than any group of athletes have gotten along ever, especially in the NBA. I think these guys today actually do get along do you in a that? lot of ways. I don't think this is genuine beef between Kyrie and LeBron. I just think Kyrie wanted to go be great on his own. He didn't want to be in LeBron's shadow. Think that NBA but I don't think it's as serious of a beef as it overall. Do I think they get over? Absolutely not. You don't think NBA players get overpaid? Absolutely not. All right. Well, yeah, we see. Absolutely not. We brothers, but we don't see this. Absolutely not. <laughs> They're getting paid 
just what they deserve, if not more than what they deserve. It's the best sport in America right now. We should, we should right talk now. about that on the next podcast. It's the best sport in America talk about right that, now. Because I think that was It's great. the hottest sport in America I right think now. That it's the most entertaining sport in America right now. It is the best sport I totally in America. Disagree I don't think they're getting overpaid at all. <laughs> yes. Not even a little bit. I like this. I oh, like yeah. Not even a little Welcome bit. Welcome back to Wake Up and Win. Yeah, you see, they, we back at it. These guys got it figured out now. That's what I think it is. I think they've got some things figured out and I'm impressed by it. I like it and I respect it. Sure, are there more important jobs in society like being a uh, doctor or a teacher go or whatever? Just, uh, Absolutely, uh, but I don't think these guys are being overpaid sure. by any means. But what direction are we zooming on to next, Caddy? I All think right, so I want to I want to I want to dig into a little bit of music and I want to dig into a little bit of hip hop and I got a question for you as an artist. Ooh. Because it was obviously some big music that dropped this week as well. Yep. You had the Drake album. Yeah. Um, you had Future dropping EP. Yes, he did. Um, you you had some big time drops that happened this One week. More person. Um, I think Meek uh, Mill dropped Meek the single. Mill, yeah, he yeah, dropped yeah, the Meek single. Or, no, he dropped the EP too. Meek Mill dropped, Meek the Mill project, dropped Yeah, project, he, he dropped project. the project EP. One. Yeah. I'm so I don't even it's know. A, the it's difference a project. Between, yeah, I know. I don't even know a difference these I'm days between an album and an EP and a project. I don't know. do better. Kick me out. Hip hop. Well, that's what you're here for. <laughs> but what I want to ask is, and this is more so not really necessarily just on the Drake front, but this is just on a music front as a whole. Is there a such thing as setting the bar too high for yourself or setting a plateau for yourself? What I mean by that, I don't mean from a mental aspect where you can't dream big and you can't imagine yourself or try to work towards being the biggest thing that you could possibly be. But there, but is there a such thing as becoming so good either at what you do or just doing one particular thing so good that it negatively affects anything else that you do following that? No, no, I like... To answer your question, I personally think that you can never do something too good to look better or continue to innovate or, you know, wow people or whatever. For example, the Kobe Bryant thing. Like, we never expected him to go out hitting 60 points on his last game at his age and at 20-some years in his career. So it's like with... With that concept, I definitely don't agree that you can do something too great. What I do think is you can get repetitive and and be in a pocket and be comfortable with doing something over and over, and it could bore people. I think with the translation in sports and with Kobe and stuff, it's like every game is different. Every night is different. Every performance is different. It's like with the music, it's a little bit different. Like I said, if you kind of – sitting in that same pocket and giving people that same feel and same vibe over and over again. Um, I mean, obviously with Drake, he's winning, so you can't you can't knock something that's working. It's almost contradicting if it ain't broke, don't fix it right. by, you know, telling him to change. But I guess the example in music that I can relate to and say that I like with somebody like a Wiz Khalifa, where when he came up, it was a certain type of music. It was a certain substance, um, just the whole nine yards. And then I seen a shift when he became industry and I seen a lot of his fans bash him for it, but I seen him make more money off of the transition than I seen him make from the come up. So it's like, 
I just think that somebody like Drake with the technology that's um, allowed to us and just with everything, I feel like he can do more. I feel like he can step out the box even more so and give us somewhere we like, okay, Drake, like, damn, like, he kind of taps into it a little bit. Like, he had one song on there that was more hip-hop sounding where I was like, I would have might have liked to hear some more of that or whatever. But but my but my thing with that is, can he? <laughs> because Drake has made it all the way to the tip top of the game and he's been at the tip top of the game for a long time. So that's why I ultimately asked that question because while I think it's easy to say he can do more because whether it be the advancements of technology or well, whatever, the reason because I'm... of the expectations that he already set for himself, nah. that we expect him to go even higher, nah. can he really? The reason I'm saying he can is because I'm not looking at this from a numbers or a record-breaking type of standpoint. I'm looking at it from... He damn near has done everything he can on the billboards, on the charts, and everything else. So I'm not saying do it to defeat or break a record. I'm saying do it to entertain your artists. It's like in a movie. you looking at one scene. You're not watching one scene, the whole movie. It switches, and you want to know what's happening next. You want to see it get more and more interesting and developed. So it's like... But a movie got to come to an end <laughs> at some point. No, I get you. I mean, uh, his career <laughs> going to come to an end, but if sure, you're but... in that career... I think that he can, it's like, for, I'm going to give you a great example. When his album dropped the other day, me and Alexis was riding around and they had a Drake day where they played nothing but Drake. Yeah, I heard it. The whole day for 24 hours, right? For them radio. But it wasn't just his album for 24 hours. They was playing old Drake, new Drake. And it honestly sounded like one big album where we were just like, okay, we just Draked out, period. It wasn't like, Okay, we're going to listen to this old classic Drake and it's going to take me to this point in time. And it's, it's just like a big, long Drake song. You feel me? And so that's what I mean, which I'm not knocking it because it's working. He's one of my favorite artists of today. I think he's one of the most innovative, electrifying artists that I've seen in my lifetime. So I'm not knocking it. But am I personally bored of it as a consumer and think that it is room to give us more? Hell yeah. Alexis, go ahead, go ahead, because I see, I see you got something to say about this, and I want to hear all opinions, all takes. Because yeah, I need to hear. Feel, I feel like he has hit a plateau, and I feel like with Scorpion, he definitely was thinking about more of quantity over quality because he has a little too many like fillers, a lot of songs too many in fillers there. in there. Two sides. And instead of, and my thing is like you were saying, he. Can, he needs to he needs to challenge himself to push himself outside of his bubble outside of his box. I think getting Michael Jackson on there obviously was a little different and all that, even, but he's yeah. not pushing himself. He's not pushing himself to, to switch things up. He's not. It's the same yeah, feeling. You, you know what you're gonna get yeah, like a exactly. cheeseburger from McDonald's. You know how. But it but, but that's my product. thing. You got to think about the resources that Drake does have. I feel like he spent enough time in the studio and has had enough time in the studio to do that. Maybe it just doesn't work for him. So that's what I'm getting at when I say, does he have a plateau? Has he reached a place where he can't really try to do something else? Because for one, we're going to be able to sniff out the fact that it isn't him. And for two, what he's already done has been so great that maybe he can't go and do something else 
without it really slandering. I don't him think it tarnished or slandering. It's like we know what he did. Like I said, if he branched out, it's kind of like we could say, like it was a point in time where Wiz was really popular. Like outside of just making good music, it was like he was popular to the culture with the the Chuck Taylors and the Taylor Gang and. You know, people, the little one blind patchy, and you know, it was a lot of stuff that weed in general, his whole smoking joints over blunts and all of that, like, he was very popular to the culture for a while. And so it's like, I feel like even though he might be less popular today, he's winning harder by making these with Charlie Puth or whatever, like yeah, for these, sure. like yeah. for yeah, he's branching out, and it's like it might not be the popular vote, but it damn sure ain't slander in his career. He's pushing in the numbers, the and the, it's just a different, you know what I mean? But he's that's that's him. my example at least, and I think that that's pretty fitting. No, I get what you're saying there. I get what you're saying a lot. I guess my whole thing is even with somebody like a Wiz Khalifa. I do respect him being able to go kind of venture off into another situation. That's part of the reason why I expect I uh, respected that Calvin Harris album so much when he had a lot of All these hip hop artists features, who yeah. went out of their box and kind of rapped more. I feel like so he on challenged them on that. Top yeah. 40 type exactly. beats. Like it was a vibe that I don't get from them normally. And I think that Calvin Harris was able to bring that out of them. But what I will say is this. I don't think a lot of those guys, those same artists that got what they got brought out of them from Calvin Harris is able to do that under any other circumstance. So my point is, I think that was more of a Calvin Harris thing than it was a Migos thing or than it was a future thing or than it was a young thug thing. That's not to say those dudes aren't talented at what they do, but I think it was more of a situation where that was Calvin Harris being able to pocket them and put them in position to where it was easy for them because of how phenomenal of a producer he is. But what I'm saying is, like, he taps into it slightly. Like I said, he gave us one hip-hop sounding track on there. It's like, at this point, he makes so much music and is, like, he had like seven songs on the charts at one time. You can afford to branch off and give us something different sounding while you sitting with this damn Lauryn Hill sample as number one for seven weeks straight along with five other joints. You get what I'm saying? It's like, and that, yeah, you can, even if it's just for SoundCloud, bro, even if it's just to give us a different Drake, it's like, it can't hurt you. I got hopeful when he started making music with J-Lo. I was like, ooh, he's going to branch out and start doing Spanish music. He's going to tap into the Spanish market. Yeah, nope. with that influence Nothing. and his popularity, it's like the sky the limit. I don't feel like he plateaued. or himself. like. I, I feel like, yeah, plateaued. he just in his old, old, old pocket when he could go further than that. He has so you do think he can go further than what he's For doing? Sure. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I think he's playing it safe because what's doing is working. Because even when I heard the album and you asked me about the album, when I heard it, I said oh, it was Drake. You know what I mean? Drake did what Drake does. And what I'm saying is I don't know if there's more value in that consistency of Drake doing what Drake does or if he does try to bounce a branch out and do something else and it just doesn't work for him because that doesn't work for yeah he'll be okay i'm not talking about financially i'm talking about i'm talking about his legacy at this point i'm talking about being atop the game at this point when it comes to his legacy 
I think you can hurt yourself trying to go away from what you do best because what you do best. See, you it's just kind of a catch twenty two because he's dominating the game still. So I can't. It's like he might not be doing it in a way that I might like it or want it as a consumer For or sure. a fan of his. But at the end of the day, he's dominating the game. So it's not like he's just going out there and giving us some foo-foo. Like, he he's breaking that. streaming For records sure. and is. beating the hell out of shit. So I, it's I like... That. He, he, and I will say this <laughs> as a real. side note. He needs to pay that Shiggy Show comedian Instagram dude yeah, that got that in my bag. Yeah, love me. Oh, man. Shiggy Show, that dude that made that dance, that do the Shiggy dance, whatever it's called... He deserves some stock in that record right there, cause that I went on Apple Music. Have today. they shot a that video for that show? I'm making hundred dollars at the end of video. Yeah, he'll probably be in it. Okay, he got uh, no bad, no bad. He got Odell Beckham doing his dance now. Kevin Hart they made a video doing the dance. Lil Duvall, it. yeah. Hey, and so he crazy. got people. This dude even has people, and no disrespect, and I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way, but he has people who are literally paralyzed, like from the waist down. Have it, they're in a wheelchair for the rest of their life, and they may have their parent or their uncle kind of hold them up, and, they, and they're doing they're all the movements happen. with their arms. They making wow. it happen. Influential like this dude, culture, super influential, and that's what I'm saying with Drake. Does his influence change if he doesn't stick to this? What he's no. doing, but but at the same time, like I look at it as a complete art form, and it's like with God's plan, right? That might be the same kind of sound that you hear Drake, the pocket, but he elevated and innovated and raised the bar with the video. That visual, it got talked about with the whole going around, giving out scholarships yeah. and paying for everybody groceries and stuff. Once again, I feel like that's a very simplistic concept that could have been done before, but he did it. You get what I'm saying? So that's why I'm like, he is still elevating and innovating and doing certain things that are phenomenal i just think that we're hearing a lot of the same sound and he could give us more period he could do more he could do more yeah. he I, i'm not that i'm getting i don't want to say i'm getting bored of his music because i'm still going to choose to listen to his music because i do enjoy it but like you were saying david it's it's just the same stuff over and over -boy. and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <B> boy. <laughs> uh, so I just, I think, I would like, I'd like to listen to something new from him. Something, like I said earlier, even if he taps into the Spanish market, or if he, he does something different that we're not expecting from him. Every project he comes out with, it's like you said, Devondo. Well, it's it's Drake. It's Drake. It's Drake. Like, I'm getting tired of, of hearing that and saying that. I do enjoy his music, regardless. But I would like to see him branch out and challenge himself. Challenge himself. I, I like the pocket that he's in. <laughs> <laughs> I like the pocket that he's in. Like I said, for some people, hey, branching out might not be the best thing. I get what you said with the Wiz Khalifa concept, but hey, I like what he's doing. I think and he's Wiz, Wiz fell off mainstream for sure. Like, Absolutely. You know, he's he's fallen off mainstream. I think you don't think so? No, that's my whole point of what I was saying. It's just a different mainstream. He might have fell off the culture, but not off mainstream. The numbers that he's doing with these Fast and Furious and these, those are mainstream yeah. killers. Those are as mainstream as international stream. Like, you feel me? They doing whole international overseas tours off of these songs. So, hell no, he ain't off mainstream. He one of the biggest mainstream 
artists we got today. He's just not very relevant in today's culture right now in what we see and are exposed culture. to every day. But he's very mainstream. Very. Would y'all agree? I probably just don't know enough of Wiz's current pro, uh, what he's what he's putting out there. I don't know enough of it to because I, I, he he agreed. Do well, agree yeah. with me at first? And and, 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 and I'm gonna say and I'm gonna say this about Wiz Khalifa as far as Wiz Khalifa con- is concerned. And I'm gonna bring another artist into this, which is Todd Dallasan, who I would consider mainstream for sure. But I personally think Todd Dallasan may be. T- top five in the game right now as far as artists are concerned. But I think a problem that Ty Dolla Sign has is he's starting to become known as the feature king. The difference between somebody like a Wiz and a Drake is Drake is the person that's mainstream. Regard, I get there's angles, there's different ways of going about things, there, there's movie scoring, musical scoring. I'm not saying what Wiz Khalifa is doing isn't successful. But what I'm saying is there was a point in time where it was Wiz Khalifa's song that was going mainstream. It wasn't Wiz Khalifa being able to go do a song with Charlie Puth or somebody to that or go do a Fast and Furious song and it becomes a big hit. I think Wiz is very complimentary. I think Wiz is very smart. Wiz mainstream as hell, Today, today, not tied all the time. I don't know if I would give he's him. He signed tied all the time. What the hell? Like, but he he's not pop main. When I say mainstream, I'm talking about pop. What's top forty? Top. Yeah, I don't think so. Oh. I think he's on some mainstream songs for sure, but I don't think Wiz is Man, a go-to I wish people guy. Call in, I don't this think is so. Crazy. <laughs> I don't this think is so. freaking nuts. I think, I think Wiz has gotten to a point where, yeah, he's a legend. Yeah, he's done certain tomorrow, things. Tomorrow, I'm doing right a Facebook now today, poll. I'm doing a Facebook Right now today, tomorrow. I don't see Wiz as necessarily mainstream, and that doesn't mean he isn't either. on mainstream records. I, it's I a agree, difference. I think there's a difference between Wiz, Wiz the artist. mainstream. He has a, he's his brand as Wiz Khalifa is mainstream in itself. Songs aside, he's mainstream uh, as a human being. We're a little older now. Top forty, like when's the last time? It ain't about older, and he's top forty every year. Wiz Khalifa is mainstream as hell. Yeah, not like he was. (laughs) I I just said that he ain't culturally as you know relevant as he was. I don't mean he ain't mainstream. It's two different things. He might not be relevant right now. He's super mainstream. Super. More mainstream than Ty Dolla Sign. No. I don't think so. I disagree. I wholeheartedly disagree. I disagree. I wholeheartedly. Today, disagree. Today. Today, you, I, ask, disagree. Somebody, <laughs> I disagree. I disagree. If you ask one of these kids. Yes, name a Ty Dolla Sign. They're going to name a few. He asked them to name a Wiz song. They're going to be like, uh. Oh, uh, yeah. Y'all can't I keep saying it. Bro, I don't see. I think no, there's a difference. man. Y'all can't keep using that example. That's not going to work. Maybe I need That's a not going to work. That ain't gonna work. Into what yeah, man. We'll, we'll we'll do this tomorrow. We'll come back at the next podcast and we'll let y'all know yeah, we'll what, do a the, Facebook what the people are seeing. Cause we'll I gotta do a, do a poll, poll on this. This is crazy. We'll do a it's Facebook got me poll. sweating. That's cause you are you are, you are Wiz Khalifa Junior. That's why. Wiz Khalifa, your favorite rapper. That's why. No, he ain't. Might as well be. He's pretty close to it. He ain't, man. You're a Wiz fan. I'm a Wiz fan. Huge Wiz fan. You've been a Wiz fan for a long time. This has nothing to do with Fanny. He's mainstream. What Devon is saying is that you have a biased opinion. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I do believe so. I don't think this would be biased at all. I do believe so. And he's definitely not more mainstream today than Ty Dolla Sign. 
So no what's, way. So what's no the real question at hand is who's more mainstream? Ty Dollar Sign or who's more no. is Wiz Khalifa ti- is Wiz Khalifa mainstream? Yeah, it, it wasn't even is a Ty Dollar Sign. No, it was Wiz mainstream. It was is Wiz Khalifa mainstream nowadays. You already going to the point? today? No, no, I'm just, I'm just. That doesn't mean has he been mainstream, but right now today is he looked at as a mainstream artist, I guess that's hot or popping or relevant, however you want to put it. Don't worry, I got it. It's all good. It's all good. But on that note, we're going to end it. Y'all shout yourselves out. Y'all shout yourselves out. All right, we're going to let that guess the new and improve come through. (laughs) Tell us who you is. My name is Lex Hernandez, and I'll be back for the next podcast so we can continue this conversation about <laughs> That's why I paused because she a guest, but she going to be here, though. Like, you feel me? Like, so you're going to get used to her and her voice and her opinion and the fact that Wiz is mainstream. And Devon, tell them about you, you feel me? Because, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I mean, whose podcast is it today? But wake up <laughs> Y'all know, know where to find me, Pounce underscore station on all uh, digital social media platforms. I'll be there. Y'all go ahead and tell us what y'all think and how y'all feel. Yeah. And if Wiz is still mainstream, because I don't quite hit see Hit me on that Twitter much. and let me but know. Go ahead. Hit me you on Twitter. Me? That's where I'm at. I live on Twitter, so. Yeah, I don't. Find me how he live on Twitter, so hit Pounceation on there. Uh, yeah, I'm D-Boy LTD. You already know. And uh, we just going to keep rocking and having fun, man. Waking up and winning. Indeed. On that note, we're going to leave y'all the only way we know how, and that is to stay woke and go win.